Settle into the awareness of your body posture. Relaxing back into the awareness of the body sitting. Sit and know you're sitting. You might use the phrase, there is a body, to help the mind relax into the awareness of the whole body posture. And within that framework of awareness of the whole body, without efforting or struggling. You simply become aware of the sensations of the body breathing. Breathing in, know you're breathing in. Breathing out, know you're breathing out. Keeping in mind that it's not a breathing exercise, there's no particular way to breathe. It's an exercise in awareness. Sometimes it's helpful to use the mental noting Just a simple, very quiet, a whisper of a note in the mind, in and out, or rise and fall. Within the framework there is a body. You will naturally become aware of the sensations of the body breathing. You may also become aware of other sensations in the body. Tension, tightness, vibration, tingling, coolness, warmth. Whatever sensation shows itself predominantly, calls your attention, that sensation becomes the new object of awareness. You might make a note of the particular kind of sensation it is, tightness, pressure, And pay particular attention to what happens to the sensation as you become aware of it. Simply notice whether it gets stronger or weaker. 
Does it fade away? Does it disappear quickly? Does it seem to shift position? As you connect directly with the sensation, rather than the concept of back or leg or foot, as you connect directly with the sensation, you will naturally become aware of its changing nature. Begin to notice the flow of change. When a particular sensation is no longer predominant, can settle back into the awareness again of the whole body, there is a body. Being aware of whatever arises within that framework. At different times, sounds may become predominant. Sound is never a distraction simply another experience to become aware of. Hearing, hearing, letting the sound come and go. And stay alert for the arising of thought and image in the mind. Thought as words in the mind, image as pictures in the mind. very helpful with thoughts and images to use the mental note of thinking or seeing. It's the simple acknowledgement that thinking is happening without judgment, without getting lost. And you can begin to notice when in the thought process you become aware of it. You become aware of thinking after it's already finished. And you realize, oh, I was thinking. Do you become aware of the thought in the middle? Are there times when the mind is clear enough to become aware of the thought just as it's arising? So at different times it may be each one of these. Simply notice how it is. As different thoughts and images appear in the mind. And pay particular attention to that moment of coming out from being lost in the thought. We're lost in it, carried away, and then at a certain point we become aware that we're thinking. 
don't rush over that moment, rush through that moment, but pay attention to the difference in your experience between having been lost and being awake, being aware. It's right in that moment of waking up from being lost that we can have a very clear experience of the nature of awareness and the nature of delusion. For as many times as you get lost in a thought, that many times do you awaken from being lost. So pay attention to that moment. Become aware of any strong or predominant mind state or emotion. They might be one of the hindrances that have been talked about, or any other strong mental state or emotional state. Emotions are a complex phenomena including bodily sensations, associated thoughts or images, and also a certain mental flavor, flavor in the mind associated with each emotion. Sadness is like this. Grief is like this. Joy is like this. as different mind states or emotions become predominant. See if you can settle back, open up to the fullness of the experience when possible naming the emotion of joy or sadness or happiness or grief or jealousy, compassion. Very helpful to make a mental note of what the emotion of the mind state is so that we can experience it fully, be aware of it fully without being lost in it, without being overwhelmed by it. Different mind states and emotions like everything else, simply part of the passing show. They're like clouds passing through the sky. So we begin to include all these different aspects of our experience. But we need not go looking for or seeking a particular experience. 
Simply settle back into the awareness of the body, using the body as the basic grounding vehicle. There is a body. Using the body and perhaps the breath within the body as a basic anchor. And then simply opening up to whatever presents itself in the body, in the mind, in the heart. Becoming mindful of whatever is predominant, whatever is calling your attention. You can make a soft mental note, acknowledging it, opening to it, feeling it, seeing what happens to it. And then again returning to the awareness of the body.
Do you have any questions about your practice, about working with thoughts or emotions, or anything else that's coming up? I'm not sure I get the uh, the tenor of the question. Um, are you asking about uh, seeing more clearly the impermanence of the pressure or the tension in the neck? Yes, that, that's it exactly. <laughs> that we don't have to do anything to make things change. You know, the very nature of whatever is arising, whether it's in the body or the mind, the very nature is that whatever arises will also pass away. And sometimes we see the passing away of experience in big chunks, um, yeah, so there might be there might be a strong sensation, you know, of tension or pressure or whatever it is, and you're aware of it as it arises, and you're with pressure, 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 and for however long, and then at a certain point, it diminishes or goes away. So that's seeing the impermanence on a larger scale. But as you settle in, in a relaxed way, settle back into the body and allow the mind to open on a more subtle level to the experience of the pressure itself, you'll see that what you're calling pressure in the neck is not one thing. It's not like a solid thing that arises and then after a certain period of time falls away. It's much more like the experience of hearing the sound of the bell. You could think of it as yeah, the sound arises and passes, but actually in listening carefully, you see that there's a flow of impermanence within the experience of the sound. There's that, there's that quality of changing vibration. It's exactly the same way with sensations. It can appear somewhat solid, 
and unchanging until it goes. But actually all along the way, there is a flow of subtle changes within the pressure. You know, slight increase or decrease or shifting of position. And so you can refine your awareness of impermanence uh, even with these very strong sensations uh, before they finally disappear, but even in the course of your experience of them to begin to see their flow-like nature. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but I learned from my first teacher, Munindraji, the one who gave the three-hour talk on silence, <laughs> that very often people would ask him questions and then he'd just answer whatever he wanted to. <laughs> so I learned that as a great teaching skill. <laughs> and, yeah, no, the, so the question was, sometimes she feels like it's a lot of spinning. Uh, but but the body is actually still, or is it moving? Yeah, that's that's very common. There's lots of different energy manifestations. As as we settle back and just allow, create the space for whatever's there to show itself, a huge range of manifestation you know, of the different elements in, in the classical Buddhist teachings, it's, it's talked about the expression of the four elements, you know, in, in those days it was talked of earth, air, fire, water, but it really has to do with the quality of uh, warmth or coolness, of movement, uh, of pressure, of vibration, all the, sen- all the common sensations that we feel. And there's a lot of energy movements that can take place. Uh, they can take place when the body is, in sti- is still and we feel it within. You know, and, and sometimes the energy gets very strong. Um, one of the things you may have noticed, um, uh, as the concentration deepens, uh, sometimes you can feel that there's as a fruit of the conversation at con- concentration. <laughs> so you're getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, there will be an energy that uh, uplifts the body, and so the posture can actually maintain the straight posture quite effortlessly as that energy starts to uh, manifest in the body. Sometimes there's a feeling of spinning, sometimes there's a feeling of tremendous weight or lightness or floating. So lots of things can happen. It's just to note and notice. For the most part, even if there's a tendency for this energy to move the body, which can often happen, when possible, it's better just to even intentionally keep the body still and feel that energy within. At times you may feel that the body is just being moved because the energy is so strong. So then just to be aware, swaying, swaying, swaying. And that usually calms down. But there's a lot, there's a lot that can happen.
Okay, so the question was about in the talk last night, uh, saying that it was important to move from the conceptual, intellectual understanding of impermanence to the actual direct experience of it. And she said that as she does that, it still feels somewhat conceptual and how to drop in. Um, what do you mean when you say that it still feels conceptual? Uh-huh. But instead of feeling it in my experience, it feels more like a thought about yeah. walking. Okay. So she was saying in the walking, in the flow of the the movement, and then the thought will come, oh, this is, this is impermanent, but then it feels like the insight is more conceptual because it's coming as a thought. Very often the insights we have, the intuitive insights we have, uh, by which I mean the actual experience of impermanence, very often the, these insights that we have from direct experience are expressed in a thought. So the thought may come, oh, it's, there really is impermanence in this. So that is a thought but that thought is arising from your direct experience. So it doesn't, um, there's no problem with that at all. The only problem would be if when you have the thought, oh yeah, it really is impermanent, which is a reflection of what you're experiencing. It's, so in that sense, the thought is the expression of a direct experience. The only caution is very often the thoughts about the insight are so seductive and interesting that we spend the next half hour thinking about it. Don't do that. <laughs> but having the thought arise, you know, in the moment, acknowledging on a conceptual level, oh yeah, things are changing, there's no problem with that. It's just kind of highlighting what you've already seen. Yes, <laughs> but really, <laughs> right, what's the scoop here? <laughs> First, uh, it's actually a good question, you know, because it's, it's really refining and kind of drilling down into how we're using these terms. Uh, mostly, I try to use terms or bring in, introduce terms like peace, 
you know, or uh, stillness or words like that, uh, because they're a little less scary than enlightenment, you know, and I think they're easier to relate to because, and I'm a big fan of enlightenment. <laughs> I think that's, that's where we're going. <laughs> but very often, you know, people hear that word, and because it's not clear exactly what it means, and it seems like some far-off, distant, almost impossibility to use terms that actually relate more to an experience that we might be having, or a taste of an experience, that is more part of our uh, normal vocabulary, like peace. Uh, so I think it's easier to begin to open up to possibilities of uh, understanding and experience uh, in a less fraught way. We're not having a whole uh, uh, proliferation around enlightenment. So that's why I, that's why I sometimes use those terms interchangeably. Uh, but I think you're quite right that enlightenment itself refers to specific experiences of the mind opening, which have the power to weaken or uproot certain defilements. You know, and so those moments of what we call enlightenment, and it hap- that happens in stages as well. But that's the mind opening. And again, we're going to be using words that uh, may seem a little mysterious right now, but those moments of enlightenment is opening to what has been called the unconditioned, or the unborn, or the deathless, or that which is not subject to arising and passing away. So as we develop in our practice, and we settle into greater equanimity, you know, and greater, uh, greater peace. The mind becomes still and insightful about the flow of impermanence, so it's not, no longer clinging. That provides the ground. Uh, that's the groundwork for the mind opening to this other level of reality. Uh, and generally that's what is referred to as enlightenment or particular stages of enlightenment. Uh, whereas, the feeling of peace, as you said, is really more of a spectrum, and we're developing that all along the way. Um, so that's a very brief answer to the big question of awakening. Could maybe one more question. Yeah. Uh, so, um, oh. Yes. And based on what you and the other teachers have been saying and something Jill said yesterday, I'm thinking, even if it stops, 
Yes. <laughs> well, it's definitely something. <laughs> yes. So just two things here. There are two different aspects. One is the frequency of thoughts arising. And at times it just feels like a flood, an endless flood. And maybe you get these occasional moments, you know, where the mind is quiet. But those moments increase as, as your practice deepens. It's going in that direction. But even more important than whether thought is there or not is really whether you're aware when the thought. So you can, you can treat all that noise in the mind, all those thoughts in the mind, you could treat them exactly as you would with sounds. If we were sitting here and it was quite noisy, as I said yesterday, sound is never a distraction. It's just another thing to be aware of. And so we could be sitting and lots of sounds are arising. We're just sitting and letting the sounds come and go. Same thing. Can you treat the thought like a sound? So the fact of thinking happening is not a problem if you're aware that you're thinking. And that's where using the mental noting with thought is very helpful. Because thoughts are very seductive and it's easy to get carried away. The noting gives you a bit of an anchor in mindfulness. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Just one little suggestion that I found really helpful and you might just take some interest in it. At those times when it feels like there are lots of thoughts, you know, and they're just going on and on and on and you're either mindful of them or not, found it very helpful at those times, you might try sitting with your eyes open just a slit. So they're not, they're not wide open, they're just a narrow slit. And often we suggest doing that for sleepiness as just a way of staying more awake, but I found it very effective for helping to cut the momentum of that thought process because it's just adding uh, one element of connection with where you actually are rather than being lost in the mind worlds. And, so, and just that, just having, is very often enough to quiet the thinking process somewhat. So you might try that. Okay, we need to go. Um, I just want to encourage you, request, beg, I don't know. <laughs> Please respect the silence. You know, we're in the uh, ending days of the retreat, which are the richest and the deepest. You've put in all this work, and regardless of how you are assessing the practice yourself, it is deepening, you know, and you're getting more open. And the silence is a tremendous gift, not only to yourself, but to everybody else. Uh, so really, really try to honor that. Okay.